passion is like a North Star and your job is fueled by your passion. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Welcome to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. This is the show where we share stories of how high achievers find career happiness and meaning. One of the funny things that I've observed working with people is that many of us want to feel passionate about our work, but most of us don't understand what passion is. Or even if we do, even if we have our own succinct definition of what passion is, turns out it's drastically different than the next person's. Passion is bigger. It's who you are coupled with what you have to offer the world. And your job is how you can express that in so many different ways. So passion is like a North Star and your job is fueled by your passion. That's Christy Mims. She's a world-renowned career coach. She's the founder and CEO of the Revolutionary Club. Uh, She also helps people become coaches. She's done career advice for Forbes, LearnVest, Brazen Careerist, Yahoo, and honestly, a whole bunch more. But she's also become a good friend over the last few years. And she and I connected up years ago because, honestly, there are so few people that are making a really great living running a coaching business and helping people in the way that both Christy and I get to do. And the few that do kind of stand out like a sore thumb. So we we got to meet each other uh, a number of years ago. And... Uh, Christy has a really interesting story, quite frankly. And honestly, though, like every success story, there's quite a bit that happened before she got there. I wasn't sure about how to define myself. This is Sutender. He found himself stuck in needing help figuring it all out. I've amassed a variety of skills over the years. I was confused about my professional identity and I felt lost and unsure about which route to move forward in. I wanted to clarify my skills and interests with a view to identifying my next career move. Listen for Sutender's story later on in the episode to learn how he used coaching to help him finally figure out what fits him. I wasn't aware of just how strong my skill set is, so I feel really good about the possibilities that are open to me now. What I do is I am a career coach and I have a business called The Revolutionary Club, which is all about creating the community, the education, the support, um, and the information and motivate and into work you love. And I've been on a mission for, oh gosh, four and a half years now to help people figure it out because I think the world is truly a different place if more people love what they do. So that is my mission because we spend way much, way too much time at work to hate it. And so that's, that's what I do. I help people figure out what they love to do and make it, then make it happen. I like making it happen. That's, that's, yes, I'm nothing if not action oriented. (laughs) Okay. So as you, as you already know, I'm a huge fan of that. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show. But uh, you haven't always been doing that, right? Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. That is, yes. uh, that's, that is an accurate statement. All right. So <laughs> how, where, where does, where does your career begin? I'm super curious about that because we've done a little bit of research and you and I have talked a little bit from time to time about, 
about your past. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the, I'm curious, where does where does all this begin for you? How does this story start? Well, let's go back to the University of Virginia. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yes. No. So I was an undergrad with no clue. And so I majored in history because I have really have a really good memory. Um, and I enjoy uh, the Civil War. <laughs> anyway. Do you really? So... I, that is awesome. Yes, too. I just I I basically almost double majored in military history. Anyway, oh my goodness, I did not know that so at all. Q, okay, I'm learning. Yeah, learning no. So Q, my fourth year in college, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my life? So I roll into the alumni center and I look up, what do people with history degrees do? Ninety-five percent become lawyers. <laughs> three percent become foreign service officers and the rest are housewives and i'm like oh my god (laughs) um the uh, like what what i quickly found out is that if you have a degree in history and you're you know good in a room and you do not want to become a lawyer like on pain of death you know the avenue really open to you is consulting so i ended up um getting recruited uh, well, I ended up getting a graduate degree in international relations, and then I got recruited. I worked at NATO, and I got recruited back to Washington to be a consultant and the sort of defender. I was like, okay, I'm going back. One year, D.C., that's where I'm from. I hate it. Forget it. I'm just going to do it for a year because I enjoy getting a paycheck. Um, and I'd been a poor graduate student, and then I'd been like a poor person working in Brussels, which is terrible because I, I have a chocolate addiction. Um, yes. So I was swayed by the money. And eight years later, (laughs) I was still there. And I fell into that trap that I think is really common. I, you know, got into consulting. I I enjoy making money. I wouldn't mind making more. That promotion looks really good. And I ended up getting promoted really quickly. And I went from, you know, a lowly associate sort of consultant who mostly takes notes in the back of the room to the director of my business unit and the youngest principal um, in my area. Uh, and so I was responsible for a team of 30. I was, you know, running these huge multi-million dollar big defense contracts, um, you know, managing my team, doing all the, the every day that went by with every new promotion, I kept thinking, you know, more money will just make me happier or this awesome, like principal job title, like that will, that'll be the end. Then I'll just be done. I'll be happy. And of course, like it was soul destroying and soul sucking. And every day I was more and more miserable. And I felt like, the most ungrateful person in the world because I had a great paying job. I had great colleagues and I actually had great clients. So, you know, options I wanted and lead this sort of like great life in Washington, but I was just so miserable and I kept thinking, why can't I just be grateful for what I have? But eventually I'm like, uh, my boss (laughs) offered me another promotion and when she was talking to me on the inside, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Scott, but on the inside, I was screaming the word no. And I was trying, I was trying, like, my mind was like, my mind was like, your eye, you're starting to have creepy eye contact. And I feel like your <laughs> smile is a little pasted on, like, she's starting now. Because like, I was just trying so hard not to say it out loud. You know, when someone's like, hey, here's this amazing position that I think you're going to do, you know, great at. And here's all this money. And you're like, oh, like, no. And that was the point when I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to do something different. I cannot live this way anymore. So I stumbled around a little bit. 
Um, and I basically just started to pursue anything that seemed interesting to me. And one of the things that was integral I knew were coaches as well as consultants. They'd, they'd gotten certified to sort of bring that back to the consulting. But I thought, you know, let me explore this because I really want to own my own business. I really want to do something more than build PowerPoints that no one looks at. Um, you know, I want to have more of an impact. Let me just, this is one thing I want to check out. And so that was, I had a couple different ideas for what I really wanted to do. And I kept coming back to the fact that I love to help people in their careers. I really do. And when I went to the coach, changed my life, seeing how I could use coaching to help people in their careers just opened up a new world for me. And I got certified. Then I panicked because I was like, oh my God, now I have to quit my job and go out on my own. What <laughs> happens now? Is that um, what that means? Just like automatically, it's like, well, now I'm certified. Okay, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta run. I'll, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> Time to panic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally panicked. I'm like, no, what next? Like, am I really yeah, gonna yeah. do this? Who do you want to be in your life? Because I, you know, living in, if for anyone who lives in DC, if you ever, you know, you're riding around on the metro, like half the people on the metro in the morning look like they died like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you are the, I've talked to probably six or seven people in DC area in the last maybe five days. And you are the third person to say that almost verbatim. So apparently it's true. Yeah. DC is unhappy. So I just, I I looked at these people one day and I'm like, again, I don't want to wake up 20 in the metro. So I I thought, who do I want to be in this moment? I want to be someone who at least explores what I love, who, you know, worst case scenario, I can continue to be a consultant. Like we're like cockroaches. You can never get rid of us. So, (laughs) you know, I'm like, all right. So I had that, I had that conversation with myself and I, I just thought this is, this is what the best version of myself would do. Here's some, you know, here's me facing fear in the face. I'm going to do it. And, you know, it just one thing led to another. And, you know, Forbes gave me one, a bunch of other awards. Um, I've gotten to reach over a million people with what I do. And it's, it's kind of amazing. And so that's, that's how it all, that's how it all went down. Okay. Super cool. I have so many questions. Let's backtrack for just a second and go. Okay. So first of all, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, you went through, you were getting promoted really quickly. You're getting, you know, all of those, uh, all of those opportunities. And it seemed at least the way that you described it, it was very much just what they're sort of putting in front of you as far as opportunities. And I'm really curious if that's how it actually felt in the, in the moment or whether it felt different, but I'm, I'm curious most of all, why you think that it, why you think we always seem to go after what somebody else wants versus ask that question that you asked, which was, who do I want to be? Yeah. Um, that's a great least resistance. And because it's really, really hard to fight conventional wisdom. If everyone around you is saying, oh, you should stay on the safe path or, oh, you should go after that promotion. It's and, and your company is saying that your friends are saying that your family is saying that your spouse is saying that it's really hard to fight that. Um, it takes so much energy and momentum. It takes coming, overcoming so much fear. Um, and I think, so it's the path of least resistance, many ways to rationalize it. And I think that's why most of us just keep staying on it. I think you're right. And I've been thinking about this for myself too. I, uh, for some reason I've noticed that I have like a tendency to not do what everybody else is doing. And I, I found myself listening to actually, uh, 
Rage Against the Machine the other day, which is probably the first time I've heard Rage Against the Machine uh, for a number of years. But I used to listen to it all the time in high school. And one of the songs like, F you, I won't do what you tell me. And they just like keep <laughs> repeating that over and over and over again. It's like, was it because I was listening to Rage Against the Machine that all of a sudden I wanted to do what uh, what everybody else is doing or what's going on here? But I am curious, what really prompted you to break away from that eventually? I mean, aside from, you know, you're at, you're getting crazy eye going on and children of the corn type thing, uh, as you're trying not to tell your boss, no. Uh, but was there anything before that or was it a, was it a gradual workup or like what, uh, what was sort of the defining, defining pieces that, uh, that took place? Uh, a couple of things. Um, one was just the overwhelming misery. Like I literally could not continue to live like that. Um, and that built up over time. Um, the other thing that I think happened was, well, a couple of things. Um, I started to, a lot of times we complain about things and we sort of half ass, if you will. Um, like what, what do you mean? Like, Oh, I hate my job. I should get a new one. Uh, I hate my boss. You know, maybe I should, I don't know. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And, um, we complain about it, but we don't actually take action. And I think for me, what happened was I finally started to stop complaining and started to take real action. And before that I was just hiding behind my complaints. Um, Mm. and so, so those two things helped me kind of overcome my biology, because I think our biology wants us to stay safe. Our biology wants us to stay on the beaten path yeah. because we, you know, that's how you pay your rent. That's how you put food on the table, you, table, you meet your, you know, your biggest needs, right. As a human. And so that really, that's a strong pull to not rock the misery and my just taking action. So I could see that other people are making a living doing interesting things, um, you know, help spur me to overcome sort of that stasis that I think a lot of us fall into. And one other thing happened and this happened, it was after I knew I was going to become a coach. I had already made, I'd already taken all the steps I needed to start. I was just like waiting right for the right moment, if you will, which I kept putting off. Um, a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, a colleague, he was my age. And I just thought to myself, what am I waiting for? So that was what helped push me to finally put in my resignation <laughs> and yeah, really like yeah. really take that step. I I was just waiting. I'd done the work. I just hadn't quite like signed the papers, if you will. So, yeah, that put it in perspective. That helped me put it in perspective. That is is morbid or whatever you want to call it, as it sounds like every time somebody close around me passes away, uh I don't know. That's a huge, huge amount of motivation. I, um, I don't feel bad from drawing motivation from that. Cause I think that to some degree, that's what they would want, but it feels weird that, uh, it sounds weird as I say it, that I get a whole bunch of motivation to move forward, you know, from other people dying. Um, yes. <laughs> no, but I, I exactly though. I get yeah. you right. Cause it just, and Yes, how exactly. you always can have an excuse, but that's not going to change anything. So why not take a risk? Exactly. Exactly. Very, very much so. And okay. So we, uh, we covered off that, uh, you know, that led you down the path of, of 
saying, hey, well, maybe I should explore coaching. Okay, well, now that I've got my coaching certification, you know, I should probably do this, but I'm ignoring it for a while. Okay, now I need to do this. And you got on that that train. So what did what did that look like from there? I'm, I'm super curious. From when I first started to explore coaching or when I started my business and really got going? When you started your business and really got going, what did the what did the first year or so look like? And I'm super curious because we've got so many HTYCers that are making a career change right now, but then a lot of them want to make a secondary step of starting something on the side or starting a business. So I'm curious what your journey looked like. Yeah, it was wacky pants. <laughs> of course it was. I would expect nothing else from you, Christy. Yes, yes. I mean, I... I, I quit without any clients. So I had no income, um, from my business when I day one. Um, so that was terrifying. And then I was sitting there in my apartment in DC, like looking over a really ugly concrete parking lot with, (laughs) this is not the life I want to lead. I don't think I want to be in Washington anymore because I no longer have to be. So where would I go? And so I made the decision very quickly to move to San, to move to San Francisco. So the first six months of my business were a weird conglomeration of um, getting rid of my apartment, um, selling all of my stuff, uh, moving in with a friend for a couple of months while I got ready to move to San Francisco, and then driving across country and like setting up. Um, and so that was both awesome because I felt like I was walking my walk as a person, but it was, it slowed my business growth a little bit (laughs) because I had a lot going on. But once I got to San Francisco, things really started to take off for me. Um, uh, so I, I finally got really, really, it allowed me sort of that physical freedom, of being where I wanted to be allowed me to embrace who I was a little bit more in my business through a little bit. And so doing that helped me start to close. Um, in the beginning I did one-on-one private coaching, which my business was way too big for me to do that anymore. Um, but it was, you know, allowed me to close those first, those first VIP clients, which, you know, started to bring in a really, really good income. So by the time I'd been in business for a year, I was actually really, really, in a a much more stable place and um, than I had been. I was unsure about how to define myself because I've amassed a variety of skills over the years. I was confused about my professional identity and I felt lost and unsure about which route to move forward in. Okay, here's the thing. So Tinder's array of skills and his experiences it made it really difficult for him to nail down what he actually wanted. I wanted to clarify my skills and interests with a view to identifying my next career move. When he came to us for coaching, he gained some much needed clarity. Career coaching was, has been enormously helpful in refining and defining my skill set, my strengths, my interests, and most importantly, the areas of opportunity that are now available to me. I am clearer about my identity, uh, what I can offer future employers, and also what services others can buy from me if I choose to go self-employed. Now, Sutender really put in the work to make things happen for his career. Congratulations, Sutender, on identifying what work fits you. Also, if you want to figure out what work fits you and find that fulfilling career that lights you up, gives you purpose, and want help making it happen, coaching can help you step by step. 
Want to find out how? Go to happentoyourcareer.com and click on career coaching to apply or simply pause this and text my coach. That's M-Y coach to 44222. Pause right now and we'll send over the application. I would say do not hesitate to give it a go. It's absolutely an investment in yourself. Within that first year and even even beyond it sounds like there was some point in there where you said hey I, I, you know i need to embrace more of who i am and you said i i started to allow my personality to shine through and i'm curious what that looked like for you because i think that that is key for people in any career journey regardless of whether you own a business or whether you are working with somebody else but i mean People are generally happier when they go through that transgression is what I've, I've observed. It yeah. also is not easy. So I'm curious what that looked like for you, because I know that during that time, there's so much growth. Yes. No, that's a great question. I so wish we had visuals because I could show you my different web. When I very first started, I was like, I'm a career coach. Let me help you with all aspects of your career in a very boring black and white way. And I'm going to have like, yeah. And I just, I sort of was afraid I didn't have my face on any of my materials. I was super, I wasn't say super corporate, but I was super bland in terms of how I talked about myself, how I marketed myself. Um, the materials that I presented. And I also felt like I'm a career coach. I can help you with anything with the word career in it. Everything, right? I've been a hiring manager. I've, you know, hired and fired people. I've mentored people. Like I've interviewed people. I've, you know, all this other stuff. I can't do everything. And that wasn't my interest. And so what I realized was what my interest is helping people find work that they love, the passion piece, that more than anything. And then I stopped. I said, okay, so let me forget the rest of it. Um, to some degree and focus in on that first piece of the puzzle. And then, you know, I said, who am I? You know, I'm not corporate. I have, um, I write a little differently. Like I want to have fun helping people with their careers, even though I take it very seriously. It just doesn't have to be this terrible, painful process. Why not make fun not make fun of it, but like have some fun with it while I do it. So I started to get a, you know, I started to blog a lot more honestly and with a lot more humor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I started to occasionally like, you know, use a poor little word here and there. And, my like any corporate website you've ever seen because it's so bright. Um, and that's part of who I am. I'm, you know, I want people to feel a sense of forward momentum and brightness and movement when they think about their career. And a lot of, you know, some people hate it and that's fine. I would rather that I'd rather either love it or hate it. Um, because that means you can, if you hate it, you can go find someone that you love and get the help that you need. That's awesome. And if you love it, I can help you. And that's great too. So, um, to write more in my real voice, I started to be less worried about what other people think or what corporate or what professional is. And I really focused in on who I wanted to help and why, and doing that allowed me to, um, be even more of myself. How do do you advise people to, and I'm always looking for different ways to do this because this is something that comes up again and again and again, um, how do you advise people to think about that if they're not in total control? Like you had, you had your business and although that first year may not have felt like you're in total control, uh, ultimately, I mean, you get to make the decisions that either, you know, sink you or swim you or whatever, choose your insert, your cliched analogy here. Right. But 
how do, how do you think about that in terms of what would you recommend for other people that are really trying to find themselves, be able to express themselves, especially if they're within that corporate environment or whatever else it might be? That's a great question. Yeah. If you're working for someone else, there is a, it's a little bit different. Um, but one of the things that has always helped me, and this is true of whether you are an employee or you're a business owner or whatever, is to think about some of like your biggest personality traits that are positive and how you want to harness them and how you want to communicate them to others. Right. Because, um, you can be known for being uh, a strategic thinker. You can be known for being the person who's calm in a crisis. You can be known for being the person who has a great sense of humor, who's able to connect with people. Um, and so just kind of thinking to yourself, what about me as a, you know, what about me do I really like? And that is valuable in this corporate environment. Ask yourself those two questions and then start to really socialize that with yourself. Like if I want to be known for these things, so let me really think about what really want to be known for these things. So let me start talking about it a little bit and say things like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to talk to that difficult client. Cause you know, I'm, I'm really good. I'm really calm in a crisis, you know, um, and just putting it out there in the world. And I think that's the way to start to take control and to own the best part of you in a way that's going to facilitate your career. I love that. Absolutely love that. I think when you do that too, then you begin to get feedback and almost the same way that you described your website, like some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. And for the people that uh, are going to hate it, then you can, you know, slowly remove less of those in your life. Yeah. And those people can find help from a person that's going to, that they're going to listen to. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's great for them. Good. Like, you know, awesome. If I can't help you, I want to find someone who can, you know? So, yeah. And so I did the same thing for me. I said, you know, who am I? I'm someone with a sense of humor. I'm someone who's a little offbeat. I'm someone, how can I express that? And so if you, that is if you look at my website, you'll see how I express it. <laughs> <laughs> you will see, you will see, we'll, we'll drop uh, links into the show notes and everything like that. But uh, I would encourage you to go over there, check it out. You will see. Oh, trust me, you will see. <laughs> yeah. So I, okay, so behind the scenes here, and I don't know if I've told you this or not. I can't remember. I can't remember how, uh, uh, how all this came about or exactly how we met or anything. I should remember. Now I feel bad that uh, I'm saying this and it's going out to like thousands of people and stuff. But, um, but I remember seeing your website for the first time. It's like, oh, I have to know this person. <laughs> <laughs> because it was apparent that you had already gone through that, I don't know, transformation, transgression, whatever you want to call the thing where uh, you get comfortable enough with yourself that you're willing to express it to the world. And yes. And I think that also that's the reason for some of my other questions too, that we were just talking about. I think that's part of why that's so important. Once you get comfortable enough with yourself, you have a tendency to attract more people to you because people want to be uh, around people others that are confident enough in the, themselves that they're willing to express themselves. So, so first of all, uh, that was that in action. Um, but then I, I don't know, I must've dropped you an email or something. Maybe two or three people, uh, mentioned you, we've got some mutual friends. So that must've been how it went down. Someone else. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Like three people in a row told me, Hey, have you met Christy? You have to meet Christy. And then nobody introduced me. So I'm like, I'm just going to email her. All right. Make my own introduction. All right, fine. Um, 
here we are. <laughs> yeah, and here we are, like a year or so later. Uh, okay, so let me ask you, you mentioned you went through all this, you went through the whole career coach thing, you said, hey, I can help you with anything. Let me help everybody. Awesome. New business. Yeah, model, total, right? total mistake. And yeah, and then eventually you said, okay, I love this passion piece. So I would, I would love to have a conversation with you about passion. I know you and I had earmarked to have this discussion because we haven't, we haven't had a chance to go too deep into it. But I'm super curious, one, because passion is a question I get a lot of questions about. Um, yeah, it's the number one most asked question in my community, yeah, too. Yeah, and there's so much confusion around it, too. So I'm hoping we can, we can talk a little bit about this. But first of all, like before we get into any of it, and I'm just curious, your thoughts around passion. Why passion? Why passion as opposed to anything else? How do you even define passion? Like, what are we, what are we actually talking about here, Christy? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, that was, that was like three questions. I know, I do that, um, sorry. <laughs> like, why, why was I so interested in passion? Or um, why do I want people to be more interested let's, in passion? Let's start with what do you define as passion? And by the way, so um, I said I'm sorry, but I'm really not sorry because... That's me. I ask 17 questions at a time. That's, that's how I roll. Yeah, no. So. Question stacking. Good, good. Keep question it, stacking. Keep it less. Um, <laughs> if you don't like it, listen to another podcast. So, so, so two ways. So the first way that I define it is passion is who you are. Your job is how you express it. Ooh, I like that. Great. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, when I'm, when people are like, okay, let's get down and dirty on how you start to figure out your passion. And this is, and as you know, Scott, this is a a much bigger conversation than we can have on this podcast. However, um, so what I tell people to start with just to start, because there's so much around the topic of passion, passion is interest and engagement, interest and engagement. So that means you not just reading and time involved in it in some way. And so those two things together are how I talk about passion. Okay. So that is part of the reason I love that is because that is drastically different than how I've heard passion defined or applied before. Awesome. Let's get, Let's off, get the off the path. beaten path. That's probably why I like it. <laughs> that makes sense to me now. Uh, this is all starting to become clear. <laughs> finally. Awesome. <laughs> Just one, one podcast conversation. Later. Um, I knew there was a reason I liked it, Christy. Maybe 17 of them. But uh, along those notes then, so how, how do we actually do really do something with that? Because... We started out this conversation where you're like, civil war. Yeah, that's where it's at. You were passionate about that to some degree, right? But then decided that wasn't the right way to express it because you said, hey, a job is one of the ways that you express it, right? Yes. So how do, how do we, how do you even think about that? And how do you decide what is the right ways to express it? Because that's, that's one question that I get constantly is like, hey, I love golf. I eat and breathe golf. I am not going to be pro. What do I do, Scott? Like here, dump it on your doorstep. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's a great question. Um, how do you decide? So 
the first thing is like, one, I tell people to separate passion from the job because, um, on the, on the bigger, like the grander scale of things, because let's say you decide your passion is to be a neurosurgeon, right. Um, or your passion is to be Beyonce. Like I, like, I'm not like true story. I'm not Beyonce. So like, does that mean I have no passion in life? Right. You know, if I'm a neurosurgeon and I lose the use of my hands, is my life over? No. Um, passion is bigger. It's who you are coupled with what you have to offer the world. And your job is how you can express that in so many different ways. So your passion is like a North star and your job is fueled by your passion. Um, so that's the first thing. So, and it, this is why it gets confusing because I'm using passion a little, I'm, I'm fast and loose with the word passion right now. I'm using it to, to talk a little bit about jobs as well as like a bigger meta purpose for why we're here. Sure. Um, but someone who loves golf, I'd say golf is golf is not your passion. Your passion is actually greater than that. There's something about physicality, about some about the game, something that's driving you. And golf is one way to express that. But there's other ways to express it. So let's step back and think about your passion first. That in the world. Um, I like that. So step one, um, realize that what you're probably seeing is a manifestation of your passion to some degree rather than the passion itself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. So because passion is rooted in who you are and what you have to offer your world, the world, it's something that sort of grows with you, but it's really intrinsic to you. But over the course of your life, you're going to have different interests. You're going to be in different life stages. And so how you choose to express that passion would change the fact that you might have some, you know, have kids, not have kids, you know, and so, um, there's over time, the way you choose to express your passion is going to evolve and change. That's just, that's just a fact of life. Um, so sorry, did, let me, let me pause there <laughs> and pause. No, that's, that's perfect. Absolutely love that. And I was, I was just thinking about this too. Um, this is really, really interesting because we talk about something we call signature strengths on, on our show all the time and we refer to it constantly. And what I'm realizing is there's a little bit of overlap with how you think about passion compared to what we, what we often will call signature strengths. And I really particularly love the look, it's, it's who you are. It's greater than that. And I think that's important regardless of what it's called and whether it happens to be passion or anything else. I, I think that you're 100% right. You've got to, you've got to figure out these other things, the who you are portion of it before you can progress and really have any, any sustainable level of happiness. Right. And this is a mis- other piece. This is a mistake that basically everyone makes. They yeah. just think about if I can just get any other job or another job, I'll be happy. And it's like throwing spaghetti against a wall with no clue. And this is why people often end up in a new job that's unhappy or another job that's unhappy and they can't quite break the pattern. And the reason is they haven't freed the world. What, you know, what is driving me? Um, and until they do that, there uh, many people are kind of doomed to make that mistake again and again and again. Um, the other thing that I want to offer, and I talk about this in my community too, yeah. is passion versus hobby. So when you talk about uh, a job that's really being fueled by your passion versus a hobby, because a lot of us like we lo- like I love chocolate, right? Chocolate is like a little I hobby of mine. Um, I spend an embarrassing yes, I spend an about that another time, but. <laughs> But, um, I've flown through the Brussels airport out of my way just to like sprint around and get like, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the point is, is 
passion, a passion fueled job is something you do even when it gets hard. And a hobby is something you do because it's easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Say that again. Let me make sure that I, I understand. Passion filled job is something you do when it gets hard. And even when it gets hard. A hobby, okay. yeah. A Love hobby that. is something you do because it is easy. Ooh. That is quite possibly the best way I've heard it, but Yeah. Well, I'm you know, there we go. Bam, mic drop. Are we Boom. Done? <laughs> okay. And this is all, folks. Welcome <laughs> back. For it. Yeah, no, that that's perfect. I love love that definition. That's that's like tweetable and awesome. Feel free to yeah. credit me. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet deal. Okay, let me let me ask two two other notes on on that, first of all. So before before we go too much further, I gotta ask you about Cheeky Christy. What, <laughs> okay. What's the story behind that? So I, twice in my young Christy Mims, um, spent a lot of time in Europe uh, after college. So I, I studied abroad in England, but I also, um, I also taught for a year in England and I bartended there. I found it difficult to connect with English people, um, which I was really surprised about. Uh, because I thought, you know, we share the same language, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm tall with fair skin. Like I don't tan. We should, we should all get along. How can, how can um, they not love you? I know. But what I, like what I realized is, um, then I just realized I should just forget it. Like everyone there is a stereotype to some degree and a little bit more reserved than I am. I'm like, I'm going to smile at you in a very weird way and just come up and talk to you. And I found that they would forgive me because I was the cheeky American. You can play a stereotype too. Yes. I was totally, I'm like, I'm here to tip well and smile a lot <laughs> like, and make eye contact. But yeah, it was so weird because as soon as I was like overly friendly, I found it much easier to connect and people would be like, ah, oh, you're being the cheeky American. So, um, that's where my Skype handle comes from that uh, okay so i'm taking notes because i will i think the day this this airs i'll be in london for the first time <gasps> oh london that's where i was bartending okay yeah yeah well, i've had a really checkered career yeah past. yeah so so i'm getting we didn't even get into those stories now i'm disappointed we'll have to do like round two sometime but <laughs> Okay, so what's yeah. what's one place that I should absolutely hit up? Oh my there? gosh, I think you should have high tea at the Savoy, um, and you should go see the Mousetrap, the longest running play in history, Agatha Christie. It's in the West End. It's not far from the Savoy. You can have theater tea, high theater tea, and then go. It's a little bit high theater tea is a little bit more dinnery. Um, oh, awesome! Mousetrap. And I love. I mean, personally, like total tourist. I love the I love the Tower of London. I am such a fan. Okay, sweet. That's the real reason I invited you on, by the way. Travel to spend time and like, ah, yeah, travel no, advice. I, I, I knew lived it in London for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So I, I love London. Oh, and have a street pasty. Get a, like a steak or chicken pasty off the street. Awesome. It's like, it's just awesomeness. It's cheese and flakiness and meat and it's hot. It's good. It sounds delightful. I'm sold. Yes. That is. I think train stations are where I used to go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Translation food. I, I will find out. I will let you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, me and my family, we will hunt down street okay. pasties. Good. Report back. <laughs> okay. 
Awesome. This this has been this has been a ton of fun. I am I am super curious for a couple of different things. One, I know that you've got geez, you've got a whole bunch coming up. Um, even in the even in the next uh, few weeks here. Um, so two questions. One, if people want more on passion, what would you what would you recommend for them? And then second question, more question stacking. You getting this here? Uh, where where can people connect with you? How can they awesome. find out and get more? Christy? So if you want more passion, today is a great day because today is the the beginning of our five day, totally free career happiness revolution, passion challenge. And I'm going to give you the structure, the accountability, the knowledge that you need to start to jumpstart figuring out what it is that you love to do. So for everyone, you're welcome to sign up for it. Um, and join us at careerhappinessrevolution.com. H T Y. Yes. Sweet. Careerhappinessrevolution.com. H T Y C. And it's going to be awesome. And I think it's really hard to find your passion by yourself, but We've got a couple thousand people who are who are signed up who are doing this and who are going to go through it with you. And so five days of awesomeness to help you figure out your passion. So I hope everyone signs up who's listening. Get yourself there now. It starts today. Um, and uh, for everyone else can reach me at the revolutionary club dot com and learn more about me and what I do. Everything Christy and I talked about will be over at happentoyourcareer.com slash 228, including where you can download the transcript for this episode and get a whole bunch of other tools that we've put into a bit of a step-by-step approach here. And next week, this is going to be such a fun episode. We talk about the science behind perfect timing with one of my favorite authors on the planet. Passion and contribution are focused in very different directions. Passion is all about me, and contribution is all about other people. I really don't think that professionals care about passion. That's Dan Pink. And back when I was working in HR, I first heard him and I read his book, Drive, which honestly changed the way that not just me, but many people looked at what motivates us. Join us next week right here on Happen to Your Career, where Dan breaks down exactly how you can use timing and the science behind it in ways that you'd never imagine to become more productive at life and work. Until then, I'll see you later. Adios. I'm out.